BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is the story of America's bloodiest prison, told by the people who lived it, both inside and outside its gates. The brutal history as you've never heard it before, from its origin as a slave plantation to its gradual growth as the bloodiest maximum security prison in America. To those outside its gates, it's known as Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. But to those who have spent time inside its gates, it's known as Bloody Angola. Come with us as we take you through the gates and give you a first-hand look at not only the stories of the stabbings, rapes, executions, escapes, and murders you won't find on any TV show or the internet, but also the murders, abductions, attacks, and hostage situations of the staff and their families, otherwise known by the convicts as free people. Bloody Angola is a comprehensive, no-hold-barred podcast. It takes you on a journey through time from its inception as a slave plantation to America's largest maximum security prison where 80% of its population will die inside the wire. Get mentally prepared. Sit back and listen as we cover these stories in detail. In ways you've never heard before from people that lived it, breathed it, and died with it. Bloody Angola. Warning. Bloody Angola is a podcast covering actual events 
and is intended for mature audiences. The subject matter discussed in no way reflects the personal opinions of the host or sponsors of this podcast. Thank you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we got another guest here today that uh, I'm sure all of you folks recognize from a couple of episodes we just did. Actually, the only guest we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best the guest best, yes. <laughs> that we've ever had. In that. first place That's all it. day. It's Kelly Jennings, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's back in the house. Yeah. Back by popular demand, and we're glad to have you on again, Miss Kelly. Oh, I'm How so are you? excited to be here. Kelly, I got to tell you. I, I actually, I've sent you a lot of messages and stuff, but holy shit, you had such a huge response. Like one guy was like, and I, well, I think it was girls, so like, I'd love to sit down and have a beer with her. That's <laughs> my kind of person. And I, I, I got so much. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I don't have any friends, so I'll tell you. <laughs> she has a story where she has some really great firsthand experience. Again, y'all, for those who you, Living on the rock, as Jim Chapman would say. <laughs> yeah, my favorite word. <laughs> and if not, or you don't know who Kelly Jennings is, she started out as a classification officer at Bloody Angola way back in the when. Yeah, that was back in uh, 2008. That was like back in the gap. Shit. Now, I was way back there way back when I, I had hair in yeah. 2008, bro. Yeah, 2008. But a classification officers, what? Run it down for them real quick. Yeah. So we're basically doing the interinstitutional work with um, paperwork, um, visitation lists, clearing people to be on visitation lists. We're giving the inmates their housing custody quarters. Um, what the job? Ma- they the main do. thing. Face to face. Oh yeah, you're you're with inmates all day long, face to face in the prison, walking around. You know, just handling business. No one handles it better than Kelly. White female. Y'all remember that movie? Young white female. Single white female. That's what. Yeah. So you're probably single back then. No. Okay. Well, young white female. Baby daddy. Would young young white (laughs) female. He's my husband. Shout out. Walking around inside the wire. Go back and listen to the episodes, y'all, because Kelly did an episode where she described the whole thing, and then she did an episode where she told a couple of her stories, and then she did the best, right, the Patreon episode. I'm mean, sorry, the Chase Team episode, which is pure love. But she was there, boots on the ground, face-to-face, spit in the face, not from Kelly, but I'm sure – you know, this close. Smell their breath in the morning with yeah. them brush. Smell yes. their body odor walking down the tier <laughs> the whole nine yards. She lived it. Um, so she has a very unique and different perspective than I have as a former correction officer. After her corrections career, um, she's been a lifelong teacher and she teaches criminal justice. And I've said it on previous episodes. I know young cops now uh, that your students and oh, yeah. i also had the pleasure and the honor of speaking to your class which that that article went viral and you called it a cult falling right mm-hmm. for life of crime that led to her first lives yeah. um and those students were enthralled and this is a badass interactive classroom everything from 911 certifications to whatever they have shooting cop and handcuffing and everything everything Every, you think and of. so she's a teacher i wish i would have Except for Miss Becky Record. I love you, Miss Becky. She, <laughs> she's the one who kept me out of prison, probably. Oh, yeah. and, uh, 
But thank you for coming back on. You had a very intriguing story of some firsthand experience with a very popular case here in Louisiana out of New Orleans. Yeah. So um, New Orleans, you know, we're known for our sports. We've got our Saints. Absolutely. Um, you know, some years have been better than others. Yeah, hey, I, I remember sure. brown paper bag years. Hey. I, I was there when they won the first playoff game ever. No kidding. Yeah, really? Sam Mills. When yeah, yeah. Played. And the, uh, the Cajun Cannon. Yeah. Bobby Abair, baby. Abair. Yeah. Well, I would just like to say that I love Taysom Hill. It has nothing uh, to do uh, with how attractive he is. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's a great athlete. Uh, yeah. no man, the thighs on that man, I bet he could run through a brick wall. There you go. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. indeed. I've actually never looked at his thighs, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me either. It's strictly his talent. I was, yes, I was gauging his running skills. Absolutely. Sports are big, right, New Orleans? Right. and um, So there was a sportscaster back in the day, and his name was Vince Marinella. And he was huge. I mean, this was a little before my time. I would have been young whenever he was big. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember when he came in and a lot of people kept saying, man, that, you know, that's Vince Marinella. That's Vince Marinella. And I'm like, okay, well, You're great. Talking about he came in at Angola. Uh, yeah. And right. Angola. And I'm like, being the curious person I am, I said, well, hell, I need to go. Apparently there's something to this. I need to go look it up. Right. So I went home and I started doing my research. And sure enough, if he was not a huge sportscaster in New Orleans on the news every day. He's the biggest. He was the biggest yeah. on billboards. I mean, you name it. This was the man. It was before ESPN radio and all that stuff was invented. There was no serious satellite or, or whatever. Uh, if it was, it was in the very empty stage. Yeah. So when he did it, everybody took us gospel. Where, yeah. where they was covering the Saints. They didn't, I don't even think they had the basketball team at the time. Uh, uh, whatever he covered, they ate it up. Yeah, and it was good at it. He was charismatic, right, right, and he, right. he had that, that New Orleans swagger. And he had a little yeah. swagger to him, and um, he was known, though, to have a hairpiece that he wore. Mm-hmm. He was known for this. So if you have the internet... Look at Maybe my, do a little Google. Or just watch Jim Chapman produce it on our YouTube channel because I guarantee you he's going to have it up there. Okay, scratch 100%. that. Please just keep watching your screen and he will pop up for you. But no, but he was known for this hairpiece. Well, just so you know, when I met Vince, I didn't, he didn't have his hairpiece. Yeah. They ripped that mug off whenever he was a yeah. doing it. State Louisiana doesn't. Yeah, yeah, no hair that, piece that's not, uh, yeah. yeah. That could be should be in the rule book. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have hell to pay and turn over your to pay. You know what I'm saying? We're going to put it in the box. <laughs> <laughs> they used to, never mind, I'm going to leave that one. Okay, away. I didn't know it with his to pay. So it, sh- it shocked me actually when I looked him up. I'm like, whoa, he had hair back then. And my mom was like, no, dummy. It was a hair piece. I'm like, well, hell, I don't have much experience. It was like a Howard Cosell thing. Yeah. That's too, too old for most listeners. Anyway. So to kind of give you the image, you know, I don't know how old he was. He's probably in his 50s. 50s, I guess, um, salt and pepper type of hair on the thinner side. And if I remember, he was taller than me, but he um, he wasn't like a huge man or anything. But um, so uh, one of the wardens had come to me and said, Kelly, look, we got this this guy. He's really withdrawing. He's staying in his cell a lot. Um, he's not wanting to interact. He's he's really kind of declining a little bit. And so to this warden's credit, they took notice of a behavioral change and an issue. And I think they were afraid he was going to die from solitude, wow. from just withdrawing from life. They don't want that in the times picking. No. And so he yeah. said, we would like to make him your clerk because we just feel like you could perk him up really? and, and give him a little bit of, I don't know, entertainment, <laughs> not, you know, not entertainment, but like give him a little <laughs> Jesus scratch that. Say boom, Jim. Boom, Jim. <laughs> you can keep it in there. I don't care. But uh, anyway. You feel like you can entertain. 
Give that old man a heart attack. <laughs> bring, bring a pole. And Kelly's like, okay. Kelly on the main stage. Kelly. <laughs> How do you know about that? He's on the main stage. All right, anyway. They figured I could just bring a little joy to his life, maybe just have some human-to-human interaction, and maybe he wouldn't just, like, kill himself. Oh, Here comes shit. Vince walking in. Well, from the get-go, he just was real calm, real chill, Real laid back, kind of New Orleans, you know, whatever. And so I, he would do little tasks for me, like file paperwork, or if I needed him to, I mean, he was old as hell, but like if I needed a bucket carried with, with files in it or something, he would kind of load them in my little cart for me and whatnot. So when you initially met him, mm-hmm. did you sense like maybe a depression with him? Yeah, or he was, he was an down. inability to uh, acclimate, maybe? You know, I don't, I couldn't tell you how long he had been there, but it wasn't. It wasn't like long. It hadn't been down a long time or anything, but something was going on because he was down. He was very, um, knowing the events I saw on TV, which we know there's personality, but a lot of that's real. I mean, people don't fake personality. And he just didn't have it. Very dull, very quiet, very, he seemed withdrawn and like he had kind of given up. So you meet him the first time in the cell or they brought him to your office and this new clerk? How how does that work? Yeah, they just brought him to me. So that's and first so this time is going to be your new clerk. And I was like, cool. And he was an older man, and he wasn't very imposing. He just was like little old dude. Well, um, hey, Kelly, by the way, I'm, I'm in my 50s now. But you look good, baby. <laughs> okay. Early, he was early 50s. He, he was road hard and put up wet. You know what I mean? He was like prison. No hair piece. He was Woody in bloody Oak. Angola. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he's prison 50s. You're, <laughs> you're not in your prison all right, 50s. You know? All right. But, so um, they bring him to you. They introduce him. Or probably call his number or whatever and say, hey, we got got you a new clerk. Yeah, did, you, just, did you swing your other clerk? Actually, my other clerk got written up. Because, I was going to say, he got swung yeah, somewhere. Yeah, because he, I think I talked, I told you about this in the last the, episode. He was, no, 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 no. Yeah. This one was um, all nice and everything. I, I remember his name um, because he had a, he had a bobo on his leg. A bobo. What am I, three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I asked him about said bobo, and he had a big, it looked like a, a chicken wing uh, <laughs> attachment on his leg. It's because he said he had gotten in a um, a fight and had gotten a chunk knocked out of it when he was on the street or whatever. But anyway, that dude, we got along fine until one day I had asked him, I said, hey, if I ever, um, this was not Vince, this was the guy before. Right, right. This chicken I, wing. Chicken whatever, wing, yeah. yeah, chicken wing. Matter of fact, chicken wing is even the one who made um, my nameplate I have on my desk today in my classroom yeah. that says Miss Kelly yeah. on it. He must have adored you before you swung yeah, he's, him. Nah, he was playing that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was right. playing that game. Come on. Yeah. I said, would you ever tell me if somebody was going to hurt me? He said, oh, yes, Miss Kelly, I'd, I'd tell you anything. I would never let somebody hurt you. And then whatever had gone down, I don't remember what it was. He was in there, and he said uh, something to the effect of, they could cut your fucking throat. Really? And I wouldn't tell anybody. And I was like, uh, you're gone. Yeah. Peace well, out, girl. See spell. ya. Yeah. Camp J. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Express. Yeah. Bye-bye. From an educational standpoint, inmates tend to go through one to four phases uh, when they first come into prison, right? So they'll have what's called, you know, withdrawal. Then the, some will with, will rebel, some will colonize, and some will convert. And so if you're not familiar with that, so Thank you. if you want to. No, no, no. Okay. I want you to. I, so, I hadn't thought about this in years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Fucking hey, genius. I'm a teacher, so let me teach, right? Effing genius. There you go. So, um, the ones that come in and colonize are the ones that kind of come in and they know they know the drill, man. They just jump right on in. They make their little colonies of they, friends. They, and, or they're jumping with their gangs. Or their or gangs, their, right. the race. Gang yeah, bangers yeah, or whatever or it is. But they call it. Yeah. They call they, they, they're just going to colonize right in and they're, they're kind of like, you know, your Com- average run of the mill type right. inmates running with their people. And most of the time that's for safety and. and oh, and yeah. Safety and numbers. Right. And when you're working out, you got people who can look right. out for you or whatever. 
Um, and plus, you got to rep if you got your tattoos too. You got to right, rep, right, you know, right. or you're you might you know have to be in solitary, you know, <laughs> admin <laughs> seg or whatever. And then the the rebels usually I would say those are your younger ones yes. um, that come the, in. Those are inmates, not convicts. An inmate yeah. will buck the system. Convicts that are down forever, they don't want shit to right. serve. Convicts, inmates get swung every day. Yeah, convicts institutionalized. They know right. the drill. They know the game. Right. They know right. all the stuff, you know. But the, yeah, these are the young punks coming usually in the West Yard. They call it the Wild Side, and um, but they kind of buck up until you know, kind of gets old to buck up after a while. Yeah, uh, you get tired of fucking being not even. You know, TV or anything, Camp J or whatever. Yeah, and yeah I mean, you know. and so that's hopefully. And you see, you're like, hey, that guy gets to sweep the tear. I'd like to have that job and get out of my cell. Yeah, that would at least give you something to do. Right. I would like to go pick some greens. Wow. Yeah. So they can colonize, they can convert is whenever it's more like they take on the mentality of I screwed up. I was wrong. The officers are not here to hurt me necessarily. They're just doing their job. They understand the role. Also, the, those in the same category, the jailhouse preachers. Yeah. Um, Dale Church from... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The fire chief, real life for crime episode, one of the COs messaged me and said, oh, he's totally converted. He's now the preacher, right? Right. And then, now, you know, <clears throat> that can be... Um, reversed quickly depending yeah, on right. i remember mom look away one time in the, <laughs> in, <it> the <laughs> in the main prison church the big church that the inmate preacher was caught under a pew yeah. with a parishioner right and there was not a lot of praying going on yeah yeah there was, <laughs> there was something going on oh my these guys that go in especially chomos and stuff yeah and, and they're now Born again Christians, I think it may they in their mind said is it's a little harder for the average convict to butt rate me if he thinks I'm a preacher, right? And it's true. Uh, I mean, yeah. Or I mean, it could be or the right, their, just right period. I was gonna say I they just, have their social roles in the prisons. Yeah, okay, yeah. everybody's got their social roles. In but I mean, but if you're praying with a dude, you're hoping you're he's, not gonna, to, he's not going to lay the pipe to him just as quick as right. As and then the last one I told you was right. um, to withdraw. And I would the reason I brought it up was because that's really where Vince was. Yeah, he was yeah. he was doing bad, and he looked frail, and he looked ashy, and just right. not good. So anyway, I spent some time with Vince, and day in and day out, we would we would I'd be doing my job, but we would just chat. Right. And past the time you were doing just much time as him, just yeah. a little bit shorter. And humanity does not yeah. go away. And He's it, a human being. People need to know about that, right? The, the the faces of evil, like that guy you talked about in another episode mm-hmm. that I was about to get out. Yeah. But most of those people in there are decent human beings who just made a shitty decision. First time offenders. Right. Right. Made it, but fucking they kill somebody. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And, it was a bad. And, it was and, a bad and, move. So. um but basically, until they, I can't say uh, speak for all of them, whatever, but a lot of them, it was their first mistake. Yeah. Their first one, but it's going to haunt them. Forever. But it was a legit first mistake. Yeah. It wasn't something simple. I mean, murder, rape, armed right, robbery, right, right, you know, something right. like that. And so I'm not downgrading by any means what he did. And right, my heart right. goes out to the victim and to Ours her family. Too. He he didn't come in with a, with a life history or a rap sheet of criminality. 
And so I think that was really hard for him, too, because it's harder to identify with a group of people that you know, have nothing in common. He didn't know a lot of the lingo, uh, not a lot, you know, uh, the, the, sl- the slang that plus his age difference. He was a he was a uh, predator's dream. Right. Older, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Frail, right. White. You know, they call it that pressure. Right. Right. All right. So you don't know if he wasn't having that pressure, that sexual pressure put on him either. I don't have all the all that, those details, but I could just tell you the dude was not doing well. And so we spent a lot a lot of time together and humanity comes out. It comes out in flashes. And while I do not appreciate the fact that he's a murderer, I didn't see that happen. He didn't do it to me. And so day in and day out, I don't have a grudge against him. I don't have an yeah. anger with him because you're not there to punish him. I'm not there to punish him, right? So while I would never, ever want to hurt the victim's family, it's just I'm doing my job. And so we did get to speak a lot. Well, rule book, right, for for the free people working there is you don't, you're not supposed to talk about people's cases with them. Okay, well, I kind of failed on that note uh, in this instance. But it just came organically in conversation. You know, we were just talking about things, and he would tell me about his life and, and how he really enjoyed sports and all this kind of stuff. But he would kind of hem-haw around the details of what was going on. Now, did you know at that point? No. Okay. I really, I'm telling you, I was a lot younger than, I mean, I'm. So you didn't automatically Google him the second you met him? No, not the, no, not the second they, I met him. Hey, y'all, if you have trouble of any sort with your vehicle, I recommend checking out Performance Tire and Automotive in Denham Springs, Louisiana. Y'all, recently, I, on both of my trucks, I bought all new tires, had oil changes, windshield wipers, everything. I went and saw Ben at Performance Tire and Automotive, and he hooked me up. Give him a call at 225-665-9885. The best honest service you can ever find for your vehicle, Performance Tire and Automotive. PerformanceTireAndAutomotive.com for more information. Right there in Denham Springs, Louisiana. Woody Everton, outside of true crime, what podcast is tops on your playlist right now? Let me tell you, Jim, my favorite thing about Mondays right now is it means a new drop of dirt, grit, and stupid shit. Adventures in Real Estate with Sandra Richard. (laughs) Mine too. Sandra's hilarious look at everyday life of a real estate agent makes those Mondays tolerable. So go right now to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen and subscribe to Dirt, Grit, and Stupid Shit. And I promise you, you will love it. Dirt, Grit, and Stupid Shit. Adventures in real estate making Mondays fun days. I was 23, too, and he was, like, in his 70s, I guess, or yeah. or, or 60s. I don't know. He, he was much older, so the, the age gap was there for right. me not to really know. We would talk about, like, he loved Pralines, and um, he would tell me about his old house and just the ins and, ins and outs. But I just kind of got curious. So I did have his jacket one day, his, his record, right, to for some sort of legitimate reason, and I noticed that he did have a murder charge on him. Um, and I did know, uh, find out that the victim was his wife. Okay, so he had murdered his his wife. So then my wheels started kind of spinning because I'm like, what could drive this old man to kill his at that age? Like, not even a young buck. Like he was an older guy to be killing his wife, right? Um, so I just started doing a little research because that's just who I am. And so, um, through my research, I would then when I would go back to work, 
not bring it up, but I would just ask questions that were really loaded questions because I knew the answers to them based on my research. And I would find little discrepancies in what he would say. One day in this, I've never forgotten this. Um, he said, man, I got a phone call today. At, at, and I said, really? That's good. And he was kind of perking up and talking. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, great. Who called you? You know? Um, and he's like, uh, my ex-wife. Kind of my head cocked back. And I was like, your, ex- your ex-wife? I thought you should. Just really what I'm thinking, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and he's like, no, my wife before um, Elizabeth, which was the wife that he killed. Her name, I, I believe her name was Elizabeth. And I was like, oh, well, how'd that go? He's like, it was okay. We talked about some stuff, but she said something to me, kind of, kind of bothered me. And I said, well, what did she say? And he said, and I quote, we were, we were talking, and then um, she said that I was being a little pompous, don't you think? And he said to her, well, I mean, I don't think so. I'm, you know just doing my thing. And she said, my, how the mighty have fallen. And that really was like, he's very egotistical. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned that through conversation that he did think highly of himself. He still thought he was sportscaster Marinella and he really wasn't. He was murderer, hairless um, Marinella. Um, But uh, she said, my, how the mighty have fallen. And that bothered him. He didn't like that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Get the right car at Riker. It's the Riker Black Friday Savings Event. Get a $500 gas card with the purchase of any new vehicle, only at RikerKia.com. Get the right car at Riker. We're dealing. And I said, so your ex-wife still reaches out to you and talks to you? He's like, yeah, it's kind of a complicated story, and he kind of glossed over it. Well, through my research, I found out Vince had married this woman named Elizabeth. And from all aspects of anything that I read, she was a beautiful, wonderful, salt of the earth lady. And she just fell hard for him. And so they ended up getting married. And I don't know if it was a a quick courtship, but it wasn't like years and years and years or anything. Well, they got married and things are going great, I guess, until finally she started kind of looking into their finances and was like, wait a minute, you know, where is all the money going? Because he didn't bring a lot to the table. Um, he may have been Mr. Marinella, but he didn't come in right. with money bags. Right. So they really started having some arguments over, you, you've spent all my money, and you've run up all my credit cards, and now I am almost destitute. Why? Like, who are you? Are you not who? Because he would wine and dine her when they were dating. He would take right. her out to these fancy restaurants and really put on the show, and really, he drained her financially and took away all her stability that um, you know, she would have had. So I think she kind of got, again, this is from memory, so mm-hmm. you might could research and find more details, but she really just got kind of sick of him and his lies. They all started adding up and adding up, and he was just done. He, he I mean, no, she was just done. Now, remember, he was very egotistical, and he cared what everybody thought about him. Right. Well, through some chain of events, she found out that that ex-wife, the one that had called him, he never actually divorced her. Oh, shit. So mm-hmm. she then confronted him. And was like, okay, buddy, not only have you drained me financially, but I'm going to tell everybody you're a polygamist. Polygamous. That apparently was combined, was like this catalyst of, oh, God, everyone's going to figure me out. I got to do something about this. She's not going to go to the press with information on me. So 
what he did tell me was that um, he had shot her. Okay. But he, again, minimalized and glossed it over. Yeah. Kind of glossed, like almost like he was the victim, but not, not yeah. quite. He said he did, shouldn't have done it. But before that, he kept saying he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Okay. Well, I got a few issues with that. So I've spent every day with Vince. Every single day. And I know that if you're not watching, you won't be able to understand what I'm saying. But mannerisms become a thing. Like, you get to know someone's mannerism. You could pick them out of a crowd. Right. Well, when Vince would stand and wait for me to tell him to do something, he would stand straight up, and his feet would kind of point out, like, like you know, like V-shape almost. Kind of like, like duck. Duck. Yeah, kind of yeah. like duck. And then he took both hands, and he would put them on his hips with his all fingers except for his thumb on his back. And then his thumb was on his stomach, both hands on his hip. And he would sway back and forth, left and right while he was waiting. I know this for a fact. I watched him do it every single day. So we're talking one day. He's like, yeah, they got me bad. They got me bad. They say I shot my wife. That's what it was. They say I shot my wife. But, but you know, there's no evidence of that. There's not, not no, I didn't do it. Right, there's no right, evidence of right. that, which to me is a sign. And they got me bad. They got me bad. <clears throat> down they bad. got me bad is, or, yeah. Sarge, you got me bad, or they got me they bad got me. means I didn't do it. Right? Prison's full of innocent people. Oh, everyone's Nicole innocent in prison. It's crazy. We have so many locked up. So I, I just kind of took that into account. Well, then on one of my nights researching, I found the video. So the suspect, this is in New Orleans, I believe on Canal or Poitier, one, one of those right there. The, she was actually going to see a counselor because she was just all emotionally destroyed by this. Her husband was a liar. She's now had all her money taken and he's not even legally married to her. Like this, the whole thing is, is in an uproar. She was going to see a therapist for it. Well, she walked out of her therapist's office and the assailant was hiding in like a stairwell. And when she came out, he ran up, shot her in the face and then jumped on a bicycle. If that's not your getaway vehicle of the year and rode off. Oh, well, wow. dun dun dun! I found the video and some of the still shots of of the guy. Well, guess how the suspect stood, hands on the hips, and he's swaying back and forth, left to right. Why that was not brought up yeah. in trial? I mean, he was convicted, but I mean, to me, that was just like that's wow. him. Yeah, he's dead to rights. Dead. Yeah, and he had a mask that he wore. Um, he had on like a mask from a Halloween store. So. Through the evidence, what had happened was they said they were able to find literally a notepad. Okay, this is Katrina era. He mm-hmm. was in a um, trailer after Katrina. Yeah, a FEMA trailer. A FEMA trailer. Yeah. They literally found a notepad that said, uh, practice shooting gun, get mask, shoot wife. Like, like literally a one, two, three to-do list written down oh, on the table. God. And the firearm he did, he had gone. It was there was a record of it. He had gone and, and practiced fire. Then he went to a um, Halloween store and got the. Ma- I mean, Paper Trail City. He's supposed to be an investigate or be a journalist about sports casting, and he couldn't even not write a note on how to kill somebody. Um, Al Capone, he was not. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> no doubt um, about it. Sean Vincent Gillis, he wasn't. Yeah, no. No, this is more like do 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 do. You know, like prisons are full of dummies. Good lord! But he rode off on the so he wore the mask, rode off on the bicycle, and then apparently loaded the bicycle in the trunk of his car and drove off. Um, but he was he was seen. So anyway, she died on the scene, or right there, he had shot her in the face and just snuffed her life out because he was so egotistical. He didn't want people to find out who he really. Jesus who he really was. Christ! Narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Now that. 
bloody Angola is full of. I went back one day to work after I had done all this research and stuff, and I said, so Vince, you sure do stand uh, in a very obvious way. And he's like, oh, yeah, with my hands. I said, yeah. I said, and it's weird, buddy, because, like, I found the evidence video of the shooter, and he cut his face over at me and looked at me, and he got this slow grin across his face, and he said, you know, you should really be a journalist. <laughs> or a detective. <laughs> yeah. yeah right? But they did do something interesting the detectives did on that on that note. He claimed that the night that she was killed, it couldn't have been him because he drove to a Super Bowl party in Mississippi. And he claimed that there's no way that he could have. The police were like, no, nah, this timeline didn't add up. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, I made it. It couldn't have been me. He said, I was flying. I was going like 100, 120 miles an hour to get to the Super Bowl party, which makes no sense right. whatsoever. You know, the detectives were like, well, why did you drive slower in Baton Rouge and then, and then I mean, in New Orleans and then speed up all the way. He's like, oh, well, see, I had a lot of parking tickets, so I had to obey the the traffic laws when I was in New Orleans, but then oh, when I got God. in East Baton Rouge, I really put the gas... I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. And everyone at the party said he got there 30, 45 minutes late. Right. I mean, it just... Yeah. The whole thing was a crapshoot. Yeah, so he did it. There's no oh, doubt. He, about he it. did it. it. And I just was looking, too. He died. I found out. I just looked. He did die in uh, 2020. And if you look up his mugshot, this is kind of mean, but he killed somebody. So um, he looks just like, <laughs> sorry, he looks just like the bartender on The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> mm. We'll put that picture oh, up, too. That. So <laughs> we'll, we'll do a side-by-side. Side. Yeah, you got to do that, bro. You got to do that. Oh, That's great. So a couple questions. Um, what did he say to you after that? Like after a, you said you, you you called him out. Yeah, right? I called him out I, on it. The him smiling. Uh huh. This is a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit psychopathic. He's he's like, mm, fuck it, I'm down anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, my yeah. pills might be yeah. wherever they are. Yeah. And but you he you called him, but he wants you to know that he's smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Nobody else ever called everybody, him. Yeah, and, and he said you should be a journalist, and I was like. Mm. <laughs> How long did he work for you after that? Uh, I probably had him a couple months because I can remember some other little things with him. In and, and then, you know, stuff would change. Did you swing him too? I don't think I did. Yeah, maybe somebody else. No, would. but the one, I can tell you the one time, and I'm angry if anybody's listening. The one dude I did want to swing was a freaking rapist. And you know who you are if you happen to be listening to this because he was sending people. Yeah, I said it. He was <laughs> sending people's work from the East Yard over to me. And it was making me do extra work. So I went out there and said, hey, Padna, don't send those people to me. And he got snotty with me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him gone, and he got to stay. Mm. Don't appreciate it. Guess what? Um, we are coming to you live from New York City. Manhattan. Don't come kill us. Specifically. <laughs> Manhattan. No. That, dude, that dude's been down a long time. Uh, I'm sure. When these people clerk, what is it exactly? Is it just... Basically, like paperwork stuff, run this here, kind of like a runner. Sort of. So they're never going to be in custody of anything, like outside of my site. But like when I would go hold boards for like disciplinary reasons or to change their job or their status or something like that, I would have to bring tons of big files with me with their record. Because anytime you're holding a board, um, first of all, it's recorded and you have to give, you know, where you are and who you are and who all's there and who's present. And then um, the the you know the convict will come forward, and sometimes if you're disciplining them, you'll need the record because you need to see how many other disciplinary actions have they had recently. Gotcha. Covered in 
the episode of the rule book to a certain extent. Yeah. We, yeah. Read, we read it. But I couldn't procedures. carry. I mean, I had a, like a wagon to carry all this. There's no way. And you were expected to dress professionally in, in the job I did. I wasn't right. in BDUs and, right. and you know, boots. I had on leather boots that had like a small heel, not like, you know. Uh, I remember you said that in the previous episode. She had on small heel, not. Yeah, stripper heel. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a stripper, you know. Yeah. And I actually, it was very interesting. I actually walked the soles off of those shoes. Really? Wow. Like gone. Cutting the, the miles on the cell On blocks. that hard concrete. Yeah. I walked the soles literally off of it. But yeah, so the clerks would just like carry the files for me, open doors. Um, if I needed them to go run something that was not significant somewhere, they could do that. Um, just basic clerical type helping file they would file stuff for me and you mentioned you know that you really weren't supposed to talk i guess personal stuff with these folks but uh you did anyway in some cases sorry my question would be was that something that was kind of hard to separate i mean some of these guys or you know that you met maybe you'd want to hang out with outside of and i'm not saying yeah, I know. Assuming you didn't know what you knew yeah, about yeah, them yeah. and you met them in society. Oh, my God. I would have sat down and had the time of my life at walk-ons with Vince. We would have th- thrown back drinks and watched sports, and he would have been patting me on the back and laughing and been like a pawpaw figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was not creepy. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. There's that rule. It's pretty much for two reasons. One, um, they don't want the inmate or the convict knowing anything about you, right? Yeah. Right. You, they share, yeah. then you're going to share. Two, um, when you open that door and the, into their personal, whatever their right. memory may be, then you're opening up a personal attachment again so they can try to get something back. Or they ingratiate. They know now you see them as a human being and not a number. Guess what? If I can work the cell block 12 hours a night, you better believe I was hanging out talking to people for 30 or 45 minutes at a time. Shit, I had all night today. Sure. I mean, we were from the same area. Or we used to go to the same club or whatever. Didn't mean, you know, I was doing anything really. I mean, yeah. of course, that's against the rule book, but it goes on every day. I mean, there are a lot of. And I feel like professionally. Right. Okay. I, I understand that. I totally get it. But professionally speaking, as a control mechanism, I'm not going to talk about the victim. I did not ask anything about right. her. I have total respect for her. Yeah. This was more of a... Pass the time. Pass the time. And I'm not trying to get in anybody's grits. We're just literally just kind of BSing so, while we're... And you're an inquisitive person by nature. So, so you I said it yourself. I'm a, I'm <laughs> oh, a researcher. A, I, I like to know about people. And yeah. and so it's uh, some of that is just part of your personality. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty smart. You know, well, I think... What what it was one of the gangsters, one of the big time uh, mafia um, guys that said, "Don't listen to anybody's words. Watch, and they'll tell you everything you need to know." Yeah, um, it wasn't Capone. It wasn't Capone. It was, it was uh, one of his Ned. What is number two? Frank Nitty. Nitty. That's it. That's yeah. It was, yeah. The only so- he shot himself twice. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Shot himself in the head. Didn't die. Picked up the gun and shot himself what again. A gangster for real. Like, oh, that's a, he's he's got my right? Nitty. I know way too much about. But you know, but just from literally life. from from a professional <laughs> standpoint, and I could be dead wrong, and I'm sure there's people around here who go, "She's an idiot." Maybe so, but to some extent, I think it's a two way street. Also, that if they realize too that you're not a complete a hole, right. And you have a little humanity about you, they might be more willing to come talk to you and, and tell you things you need to. Not only that, it's 
shit goes down, they might be more willing to protect you. And yes. that's been proven in, in uh, Attica riots and stuff like that. When bad things go down, there's good people who are down there doing life or whatever that actually try to take up for the COs because so, the CO treat them decent. Not only ladies have problems with their hormones being out of place. When I noticed my hormones fell out of line, I went to Flourish Hormone Replacement and Wellness Centers in Denham Springs. Hey, I went and got my blood tested because my wife was going for the uh, to Flourish, and I didn't even know anything was wrong with me. And guess what? Everything was wrong. But Flourish took the personal time, and they got my health even better than it was, y'all. Yeah, and they don't just do hormone replacement. They do all kinds of different massages. They have vitamin B shots and injections to really get your vitamin B up there where it should be. Yeah, and it's again, for me, it's the personal attention. I've had them call me after hours when the blood work came back, after the doctor, after Miranda was studying my stuff, and she really, really cares, and they really go out of the way to give you your best health options. The hormone replacement is just the tip of the iceberg. So we both recommend Flourish Hormone Replacement and Wellness Centers in Denham Springs. Not only do we recommend it, we use it, y'all. I stand behind them a thousand percent as health professionals and as people. That's right. Check them out for more information on their website at flourishhormonereplacement.com. Or give them a call at 225-283-1211. Yeah, and there's a there was a case that ha- – I don't know if it happened while I was there and I heard about it or if it happened right before and I heard – either way, there was an a officer on a horse, and they're carrying shotguns, right, or rifles or whatever, mm-hmm. and he fell off the horse. Like, had a medical emergency, fell off the horse. Another inmate ran over, grabbed the weapon, and kept everybody at bay until really? till they came to get him. Now, again, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was presented. Yeah, I could see that. And I'm like, well, hot dang. Yeah. Because not everybody's a total piece of crap. Yeah. Some are. That's but right, not, the majority. You know, that but man's it, life. Right. Look, yeah, they could have dead horse him. Oh, yeah. Literally. There's yeah. no doubt about it in in. Both of y'all just said this earlier, and it's it's worth repeating, in that uh, some of these people that are in bloody Angola uh, made one fatal mistake in their life, and that's not that's not demeaning the mistake. In most cases, Absolutely. they killed somebody. Uh, yeah, yeah, so bad. It, so, so I'm I'm not demeaning that. But there's another podcast uh, that I produce that. The guy has had five different people in here from Angola. All five of them are released now. All five of them had 30-plus years. Mm-hmm. One of them in particular was in Angola when he was 17, did not get out till he was 40 or 15, did not get out till he was 40, some of that time in another prison, some of that time in Angola. But the point is this. Uh, he made a mistake when he was high on PCP, killed somebody. He was 15. He was 15, and he was the first person in Louisiana that was ever released that was sentenced as a juvenile since they changed the law, which mm-hmm. was recently. And if and I'm telling you, he was, he was sitting he right was, where you're sitting right now, and you would never have known he spent a day in jail. He was that put together. He was sentenced to life 
and the only reason it got commuted is when they pass law because uh, you're 15. But you know, fuck at 15, your brain's not even fully developed. No, and so PCP that, why complicates they, yeah, your decision yeah. making. Now, on the flip side, <laughs> if you're 15 I mean, on PCP and you come up in my house and kill me, I'm mad about it. Yes, and I'm not. No doubt about that. Not defending his actions yeah. or no, no, saying no, no, it. No. And again, always with our episodes, hearts go yeah. up yeah. to the victim. Absolutely. And I don't know the situation. But we're a totality but, of our experiences, yeah. and that can go either way, good or bad. I've done things in my life I'm not proud of, absolutely. And I don't put myself higher than anybody else that was in that prison because it could have been me i didn't you know i didn't you know do oh, to the extent they did but any right. of us on the wrong day at the right time could have made the wrong decision and another uh case too this went viral like last year or two years ago where um an officer was having a heart attack in not in angola it was another prison but uh, was having a heart attack and the inmates two of them were like racking down telling him press the button press the button and in his last ounce of life because he knew he was dying, he hit that button and opened those cell blocks. And the two inmates ran over and not only got him down, gave him CPR and saved his life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that I, I don't believe that just happens without no, conversation no. and a respect, right. a mutual it, respect for sharing one another. It, uh, it's pretty powerful. So majority of them are Sean Vincent Gillis. So I'm not saying yeah. everybody, you know, oh, there's no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mean, no doubt about that. Yeah. But I'm never going to take away the fact that. I'm not going to. Somebody asked me today, um, let's get my hair done. The girl said, Oh, I was at Angola Radio this weekend. You really need to go. I'm like, Fuck you. I'm not going. <laughs> no, thanks. Because <laughs> no, you know, the motherfuckers I put up there, and, and I'd say 80% of them can never be reformed. And, hey, no, there's no doubt about it. There's a majority of like local Louisiana listeners, right? Because I want to tell them something if yeah, we have a bunch of them. If y'all are going to that rodeo, because it's what, every weekend in October? Every weekend in October and one weekend in Mothers April. and daddies, if you are listening to this episode, I'm about to go teacher on you. Please put your children in jeans, long pants, shirts that are not low cut, and dress them appropriately because people are not taking into account what they're walking into, even though we have inmates that are low custody levels and are allowed to be walking amongst you, you do not want to open that door up. And especially your children, don't dre- don't let them go in those little skirts and white boots that are popular right now. You don't want to wake up the altered beast that's hidden inside that trustee has been there 20 years. Yeah. Right? And have your kid or you become a statistic. Yeah. Don't wear leggings. Don't wear tight revealing clothes you're going to a rodeo put some boots on and some jeans <laughs> jeans and jeans and a belt buckle and curl your hair and smell good but but dress your kids appropriately it's just my personal shout out there because i worked those rodeos i walked around escorting hbo and other agent uh, you know other film crews that were going to um you know ask to talk to the inmates and some of them put on a real nice smile but are still what they are absolutely, absolutely. so protect yourself people I agree. And that came straight from Kelly J. KJ. KJ. Hey, in talking about what you do now, tell me about the contest that's going on oh, in I your need classroom you right now. So let's uh, get this out because it'll come out in time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're uh, going so. to blow up the the gonna, Pelican State Credit Union 
algorithm. If we're, y'all we're, gonna, we're gonna melt their computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on Facebook, we'll post it. How about that? Can we yeah. post it on? Absolutely. Um, yeah. on there? There's a link. I need y'all to go vote for my bulletin board. <laughs> As for telling what's for. <laughs> yeah, class. so I can win three hundred and fifty dollars for my class, and I can use that to help my students and to right. and to have teaching tools. And it's kind of cute because if you go look at all the all the entries, it's like pumpkins and all the other classes yeah all the other classes you'll see pumpkins and scarecrows y'all mine is a meth lab <laughs> is <laughs> it really yeah and it's got uh drug paraphernalia and all sorts of really fun things so please vote for me <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna share it you gotta send me a picture of that oh, yeah. it. it's hilarious i saw it um she got a shake and bake meth lab the different techniques and, uh, and different drug paraphernalia um we absolutely that's the least we could do for you coming on again in another fire episode, right? Yeah, you kill it every time, Kelly J. No pun intended. Thank you very much, and uh, and we're definitely going to push out uh, anything you need to we, push out on. When we get it, stuff. we'll put it out and put it out on all our social media, not only Bloody yeah. and Gola, but our other shows as well. That's and, right. Is uh, a link into where they can go log in? Yeah. So, and all you have to do is actually like the picture of my bulletin board. So, it's on super Facebook. simple. On Facebook is where they're they're pushing it. So, um, like I said, I'll put a picture of the one that's mine. You do have to scroll all the way to the bottom because I'm one of the last ones. Boo! But um, hit that like button, <laughs> y'all. Give me the three fifty. Let's let's show them what's up. Let's yeah. show them what the bloody Angola fans can do. This. Absolutely. And just, just turn it, it out, rock it yeah. up. So that'd be love. And the least we can do for you take an, another chunk out of it, one of your busy days and come and sit with us. That's right. We appreciate you. Thank y'all so much. As always, I had fun. And then that's it. Can I jump in on the piece? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, that'd be good. Okay. I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. We're your host of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making, the complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.